When it comes to finding the right guest for an interview all about hiring machine learning talent, a topic that I knew the audience would be interested in, I wanted to find the right person. And I think I did with Parshu Kulkarni. Parshu is among a, a very small subsegment of folks with advanced degrees in the data science world who's both been hired into great technology companies with those skill sets, who's been in control of hiring machine learning and AI talent, and who also works full-time at a business which is essentially a giant platform for hiring, and that is Hired.com. Parshu is the data science leader at Hired, and he speaks with us this week in the Tech Emergence podcast about what experience data science and machine learning folks look for in applicants versus what people who don't have that kind of experience might want to look for. What are the actual important traits? What are the resume elements that are going to ensure a solid ROI for a business who's making the expensive endeavor of hiring folks, again, into machine learning or artificial intelligence positions? Parshu also talks a little bit about what the supply and demand landscape looks like. How many people are there who actually have these skills and how many businesses are there that are eagerly looking for them and what that supply and demand landscape implies for businesses aiming to hire this kind of talent today, as well as what it might look like in two or three years from now for businesses who are aiming to acquire artificial intelligence or machine learning skill and hire folks along those lines into their company. So if you're interested in being hired, or certainly if you're interested in hiring for machine learning talent, or just interested in those dynamics at large and the kinds of insights that you might glean if you were behind the scenes at Hired.com, this should be a fun interview. So without further ado, we'll roll in with Parshu. All right, Parshu, so the first question I want to be able to go into with you here is about the trends and changes you've seen in the landscape and demand for AI and machine learning talent. You're in this court. You were brought into Hired about a year ago, so you were in the market. You got that experience. Now you're behind the dashboards at Hired, which is obviously handling so many of these job listings and aiming to, to bring people into companies with these skill sets. What have you seen in terms of the supply and demand for, for AI and machine learning in the past couple years? What have been the big trends here? Uh, there's definitely been a pretty marked increase in demand for AI and machine learning hunters. And, you know, one of the reasons it's so because what happens is a lot of these businesses, they're, you know, continuously trying to optimize on cost and make their businesses more efficient. And wherever there are cases where there are tasks or decisions that need to be done repetitively, those are kind of you know perfect examples of things that could be automated using machine learning or you know other AI techniques. So like what I've seen personally is that there's definitely been a marked increase in demand. And you know obviously I don't have like numbers on top of my head right now, but on the hire platform we have definitely seen that more and more companies have been hiring data scientists. And I've been a candidate myself, and I've also been on the employer side trying to hire data scientists for my team. And, you know, there's definitely been a lot of traffic on companies wanting to hire more and more data scientists to automate some of these uh, decisions. I'm interested in this as well. You know, I can see that the demand for the skills has gone up, and I can see that mm -hmm. that can go up in a much swifter fashion then the world can produce PhDs or even people with a master's degree. The world can only do that so quickly, but business demand for a given skill set, whether it be hype, whether it be genuine need, whatever, can go up you know, in a markedly faster rate. Are you seeing companies increasingly maybe 
sort of fighting for what's remaining on the table? Or are you seeing the, the supply side of, of people with these skills genuinely increase? And I wonder, are you seeing more people maybe, you know, I'm trying to say this in a nice way, but kind of front these skills, you know, who maybe went through one or two Coursera courses and have some other degree and are, are trying to kind of feign these skills in order to be more appealing for jobs. It seems to me like that might be likely when the world can only make so many folks with really advanced skills academically. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Dan. Data science is one of those areas which has definitely been more and more supply constrained. You know, I've seen that myself being on the hiring side of things. And, you know, one of the reasons is because I think data science and machine learning is one of those skills that you can't just read out of uh, a textbook. And the more you practice the skill, the better you get. And part of the reason is because while there has been a lot of progress in terms of the algorithms and the tool sets that you use to develop these solutions, because of the current state of the system, a majority of the effort kind of lies in the data, right? Your solution is only as good as the underlying data. So in order to deal with the data and make sure that you're correct, collecting the data in an accurate form, you kind of need to be solving real problems. And you know what happens is when you end up doing these courses, like a couple of short courses, you learn a lot about the kind of algorithms that you, you need to use and the kind of tools you need to use to produce a solution. You don't actually get that kind of practice in there to actually make that happen. And, you know, I'm kind of seeing that myself. You know, we see a lot of people there who would like to be data scientists, but don't actually have, you know, practical experience solving real problems. And we have kind of seen that trend. And what you end up seeing is that there are a lot of companies who are trying to hire data scientists, not enough supply. So in effect, it kind of increases the demand on the people who have the skill set, but also have the experience. And you kind of see that kind of driving up salaries and compensation and stuff like that. Huh. And I suppose so this is this is a very relevant point, you know, in terms of kind of weeding, who are the folks we really want to have around here? What's the level of skill we're actually going to require? Who sort of has it in more than like a way that looks okay in a resume? Who's legitimately got the skills? Like you said, you know, a lot of this is going to require real world applications of these tools and in order to really understand how to put them to good use. If you're an employer, what are the signals for an applicant that you're looking for and what are the signals that you're kind of ignoring? You know, we're at this point where, again, somebody's got to fill up the talent gap. You know, some folks who maybe aren't the best fit are kind of going to jump in there and maybe some of them are going to get hired, but I imagine companies want as much as they can. They'd want the right person for the job with, with the requisite skills. You know, if you're hiring for a position that requires some real machine learning chops, what do you see as a red flag for not the right person? And what do you see as kind of the telltale signs of someone who's got it? Yeah, I can definitely speak as a hiring manager myself. You know, we have been hiring for people with machine learning skills over here at Hired. And, you know, one of the things that I look for personally in data scientists is experience dealing with problems like these, right? You know, not just the ability to, you know, kind of explain algorithms, but, you know, really have they kind of demonstrated instances where they have previously used some of these machine learnings in applications to drive up business results, right? So for example, let's say somebody worked at a search engine company like, you know, Google, you know, they might have, you know, worked on using, you know, machine learning algorithms for certain applications to improve search relevance, for example. So one of the things that I, I tend to do is look for instances where the candidates have been able to 
apply these algorithms to solve a particular business problem, which has in turn resulted in some sort of a positive business outcome, right? So that kind of demonstrates that, you know, not only do they have the technical skills, but they also have kind of the business sense to identify the opportunities where the solutions can be applied and kind of take that solution end to end to deliver a business result, because that's ultimately what businesses care about. You know, how do you apply these techniques in a real world scenario to drive up business results? Do you think that other factors to consider? So I think that's a really important take home lesson. I mean, again, some of the people listening in are going to be hiring for this kind of talent. You know, we're talking about finding people with particular applying machine learning to to problems like the ones that you're struggling with. I think a lot of the time, there's a lot of startups in this space. We've had the, the privilege in some cases of speaking with, you know, hundreds of them where they haven't figured out their market yet. And I think the argument sometimes is that machine learning kind of works you know, works everywhere and like a system that's general can be applied to a lot of different things. But I think in honesty, it sounds like even coming from a machine learning data science fellow like yourself, hiring this kind of talent, you still want to know, have you used these kinds of tools in this particular context for a business result? That specificity, even in this domain that where the same tools can be applied so broadly is still, you know, your best shot at finding the right fit for the the gig. And that's still an important criteria, it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. And there is, you know, basic set of skills that, you know, you need to be proficient with even before you kind of attempt to solve these problems. So you would typically look for people with machine learning theory background, people who are able to be proficient, you know, coding in certain languages, uh, comfortable using certain kinds of tools. So that's kind of the basic level requirement. And, you know, on top of that, you want to try and find people who have kind of done this before so that you can be confident that, you know, they can apply the same kind of skills at your workplace. You're absolutely right that not every problem may need a machine learning solution. So typically, if you're spending a lot of time making decisions or if there are tasks that you're trying to do, which are very time consuming and done in a very manual way, you know, those are the kind of things that you want to automate. If you are going to do those tasks or make those decisions in a very kind of repetitive manner over a much, much larger scale, right? So if not, you end up, you know, spending a lot of time and capital tuning these algorithms. Uh, So I think one potential take home here for folks hiring for this kind of skill may be making sure that some portion of the cover letter that you're requesting is going to ask for relevant experience with specific tool sets or specific types of problems and that that's a great way to sort of make sure that you're meeting a match Are there other elements for sort of making sure that you have that just via someone's work experience? I guess in this case, what you're probably looking for, maybe you're looking for the right universities, you know, in terms of where where they're coming out of. Maybe you're not. I'm interested in how much you weigh that kind of thing as, as a hiring manager and how much you think other companies weigh that as a factor if they should. But it sounds more like you're looking for work or volunteer maybe, but most likely work experience where they're vehemently listing the particular metrics they were driving and the particular projects they were working on with what particular tools. You, you really want to see maybe, you know, years in trenches with the right tools more so than just university. Am I right to say that maybe you're weighing that a little bit more? And where does the academic credential come in here? So it depends on the kind of position you're looking to fill. So if you are looking to fill more of an entry-level position, then universities end up mattering a lot more. Like I'm talking about the trends that we have seen on Hired as a platform. So typically 
when you see employers reaching out to candidates, if the candidates have a lot less experience or if they have been you know, hiring for entry-level positions, you end up seeing that candidates who went to you know, one of the top-tier schools with great machine learning programs end up getting a lot more requests as opposed to someone trying to hire a lot more experienced people than the universe, things like university or the machine learning program that they studied become less relevant. And employers tend to be you know, more mindful about what kind of companies they work for and you know, what kind of scale of solutions they develop and you know, what kind of business results they were able to deliver uh, using it. what kind of tech um, Yeah, that, that's, that's curious. I imagine that that would be a trend because I suppose you can only get a feel for what has actually happened. It's sort of like uh, private equity investors versus seed stage sort of startup investors like angel folks. You know, if a company's been around for 12 years, you're going to be able to just look at financials and you're going to be able to look at real business history. You're going to be able to make sense of it. If not, you're kind of looking at personalities and traits and schools they went to and things like that. And you have to take these kind of lighter signals. And it sounds like on Hired, you're seeing that yourself. In terms of companies who are hiring well for these kinds of jobs, I mean, everybody knows about your Googles and your Facebooks and your Amazons that are you know swooping up a tremendous amount of talent here. They've got large salaries that they can pay and they've got some great aspirational brand juice to go along with the names. You probably see companies that maybe aren't Google or Facebook who use Hired and who on a consistent basis seem to be doing well hiring for machine learning and AI talent. What do you see as some of sort of the right patterns or some of the best practices that folks who are hiring in this particular space are doing? Some of this might have to do with just good hiring practices in general, but I'm wondering maybe if there's anything specific to these kind of skill sets that some folks are doing better than others. What do you see as common among the winners who are hiring for this, this kind of talent, other than, you know, of course, your Googles and Facebooks? You know, like I said, this is an area which is very supply-constrained. So employers have definitely been, you know, having to do a lot more to attract the right kind of candidates. And on the hire platform, we have seen that employers who are a lot more proactive reaching out to candidates with upfront information about what kind of problems the candidates are going to be actually solving once they go on the job. Like they tend to get a lot better response rate compared to people who are, you know, just kind of reaching out with vanilla job descriptions or you know, just talk job titles. Like, for example, instead of saying that, hey, you know, we are trying to fill a data scientist position, working on machine learning, blah, 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 you would want to kind of reach out to them with specifics on the kinds of problems that you're trying to solve and how the candidate can benefit in their career or develop their career by, you know, working on those kind of problems and, you know, using the kind of solutions that the company is using. So I've definitely seen a trend in trend of, you know, companies, adding a lot more detail about day-to-day job requirements that have a lot higher response rate compared to companies reaching out with, you know, yeah, like it, a When you say reaching out too, Parshu, I think this is interesting for people to understand. When you say reaching out, does this sometimes involve contacting candidates in a more active sense, in a, in a you know, a soliciting-ish type sense? Or when you say reaching out, do you just mean reaching out with the listing? Or is there is there an active sort of more communicative role that these more successful companies are, are employing here? Hired is basically a platform where employers are reaching out to candidates as opposed to candidates reaching out to employers. So that's one of the values that you know Hired provides to candidates. And this especially works well for areas which are supply constrained like data centers, right? So instead of 
candidates applying to you know all of these job positions and reaching out to employers it's candidates who kind of go live on hired and employers find those candidates and actively reach out to those candidates with upfront information about job description compensation and so on so as a candidate it's a lot of value to you because you know upfront you are able to kind of filter out a lot of information about you know what kind of jobs these companies are offering what kind of compensation i can expect and kind of help you drill down on the companies that are most interesting to you versus kind of spending a lot of time wasting talking to companies which uh, eventually might not make sense for you so that's something that's very different to the hired platform as opposed to it, it certainly know, is yeah, indeed.com and some of the other folks and that that makes a lot of sense intuitively i mean anytime i mean this is kind of a marketing gig here i mean you're reaching out to people to aim to get an appointment to potentially you know close a deal in this case closing the deal would be having them work for you, you know, full-time or part-time and paying them. But it's it's kind of a marketing gig. And it sounds like the more granular you can be kind of across the board in terms of speaking to people individually, maybe tangibly connecting the problems you have with the skill sets that they have, doing that in a more dialed-in sense, I suppose, would give the candidate a better sense that, hey, this person wasn't just blasting a message. It's the same way the other way around on most other job forms, right? Where someone, where people are just saying their resume everywhere versus really writing a great cover letter. This is the equivalent just kind of flipped in the way that you're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for these kind of specialized positions where the demand could be high and the competition could be high, I kind of think that this is very similar to a dating process, right? So both parties need to spend an equal amount of time kind of personalizing those messages and you know trying to make sure that each person understands what they're signing up for and make sure that you're putting in you know all the right information there for each person to make a decision so it's as much of a candidate being in the driver's seat as it is a employer i think the balance has you know significantly shifted in, in the, in the on that note years. we'll just wrap it up on this kind of final note parshu i appreciate your insights on sort of what's working and not working with hired or on the hired platform right now for these kinds of jobs. We've seen a lot of attention. I mean, I can just, you know, from when I started writing, you know, here at Tech Emergence versus, you know, today, the prevalence of the term machine learning, the prevalence of the search traffic for AI, the, the job listings, you know, involving these things. I can imagine this is likely to continue unless some very odd, you know, AI winter event occurs. I imagine that this will persist. I'm curious from your perspective, what do you see the future looking like for these jobs in terms of the supply side and the demand side? And what does that mean for businesses who maybe it's a year out, you know, two years out are really going to be hungry for this kind of talent? What do you see as, as a little bit of kind of the forecast in this domain? And, and again, what does it mean for companies? Personally, I think the demand for these type of positions is just going to keep increasing because more and more businesses have been looking to automate a lot of tasks and decisions and you know whenever this has to happen on a large scale you know machine learning and ai is kind of the way to go and given the state that we are in as an industry i think there's just a lot of headroom right now for automating a lot of these kind of processes so i think it's fair to say that more and more businesses on a larger scale will want to do more and more of this and we'll definitely see the demand kind of going up but I also predict that given that this demand is kind of driving up compensation and you know, stuff like that, that, we would also see an increase in supply. And we're already seeing that 
employees with kind of related skills in data or software engineering are already trying to kind of develop these kind of skill sets and looking to specialize a little bit more on the science side of things. So my prediction is that, you know, over the next few years, we would definitely see supply kind of catching up with the uh, increase in demand while the demand kind oh, of so continues to grow. I imagine the demand will grow a little faster than the supply initially. Maybe we can hope in the longer term supply will catch up in some way, shape, or form. In terms of what that means for companies, I suppose, as it would in any domain where there's this much of a crunch you know, in the foreseeable future, this may be the kind of job where there's a lot more hands-on and there's a lot more detail and time spent you know, per position filled in this domain than maybe even in, in a similar skill that's just as complex, but where we don't have the same supply and demand dynamics. So you had talked about kind of tailoring the request specifically to the candidate and really dialing into those conversations early in a really personal way. It sounds like, you know, we can expect people to need to do kind of more and more of that to stay competitive just because of the way that the scales are balanced right now. Absolutely. And, you know, that's definitely not going to change over a short period of time. So I think if employers and companies have to attract Talent, like they yeah, big time. Well, yeah. So, folks, folks hiring that domain can prepare to continue to knuckle down to detail with this kind of job. I don't think that in the next couple of years, Coursera, Stanford, and Carnegie Mellon and MIT together are going to be able to to make quite as many people as the world will need. So, a lot of attention and a lot of dialed in <laughs> communication is probably going to be what sort of wins the day, at least from where you're coming from here, Parshu. That was my last question. I sincerely appreciate you being able to share your perspective both from being someone who has hired, someone who's doing hiring, and someone who works at Hired. I think we've got a lot of great insights here. So thanks again, Parshu, for joining us on the Tech Emergence Podcast. Thanks a lot, Daniel. That wraps up today's episode here on the Tech Emergence Podcast, and thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to stay in touch with our latest interviews with C-level executives and top researchers and thinkers in the domains of AI and the intersection of technology and intelligence, then make sure to subscribe here on iTunes or visit us on our main website at techemergence.com where you can see all of our interviews broken down by category as well as articles, news, market research, and trends in artificial intelligence. If you found this episode particularly thought-provoking, feel free to leave your thoughts in a review here on iTunes or you can feel free to reach out to us at our main website. Thanks as always for tuning in and I'll catch you next week.